My name is Dan Beebe. Uh, I'm an educational technologist at the Center for New Media Teaching and Learning, and I'm presenting today with Jonah Boswich, a technical architect at the Center, and I work closely with the video team, educational technologists, and developers. We're, we're doing our second, uh, our second half of our first workshop session here today, and it's about remodeling courseworks. It's sort of like the, the hot riding your, your courseworks. We're going to chop it and tune it. We're going to do some things to uh, sort of utilize new tools that are available on the web to do some new things with, with uh, currently existing technologies. So we're going to basically see, see how RSS, Release Simple Syndication and Tagging, uh, can, can add a new dimension to your current course website system. Um, web services is basically a ton of jargon. So I'm going to throw it out at you, and, and then we'll move on and, and try to put it in, in English terms. Uh, open standard web-based applications, they basically take machine language, uh, stuff that would look like total gibberish to you on the screen, and format it in a way that can be used by you in many different ways. Uh, so in many different modes. So basically the idea here is that you could take the New York Times and get an XML, which is extensible markup language, or RSS, really simple syndication feed of that information, and then show it using JavaScript or HTML in a different way, okay? So this other acronym at the bottom here is, is a word, what, huh? <laughs> All right, so uh, hopefully this will, it, we'll do a couple of demonstrations as well, which will hopefully make this a little clearer. But basically, the New York Times is represented via XML like this, and it's, it's just a whole bunch of code and, and hierarchies and nested um, uh, in, information packets. But it's it the part the machine reads. This is the, the part the machine reads. You don't, ever, you don't ever have to look at that. But if you use something like Google Reader or a mobile device like a Palm or an iPod or a phone even, you can take this machine language and lay it out in a different way. And this, this article here is new survey, survey reduces estimate of AIDS and HIV cases in China. That's represented right here on the front page of the New York Times. So the content that's here is the content that's in your reader. And Jonah's going to take a look right now at Google Reader and show us how this might work. So, Can I ask a question? Yeah. I'm sorry. This is a sort of a naive question because I've heard no, about web services, but I'm not really sure. What in that that previous um, view that you showed us? Sure. What is the web service? The web service is the front end that actually takes what the New York Times the XML. I mean, what? Where, this is the web. These are the web services. This right? is in some ways. This this uh, this the ability the to there. this action. Okay. Uh, web services. Um, ways in which things over the web are providing information right. to other systems. It's right. computers. It's a semantic web is right. related to this, if people know that term. And um, in a lot of ways, it's most interesting to developers because we can start building applications that literally communicate with like completely separate systems. And um, and if they, you know, we've, I've definitely read that, you know, had they named RSS SpeedFeed, a lot more people would be using it. Uh, there's a, there is a statistic yeah, yeah. out there right now about how less than 4% of the internet ha right. is using RSS explicitly. However, it is beginning to power more and more systems that you know, you're accessing on the web without you maybe even knowing it. Right. So right. our center is going to try to help you figure out ways to use this maybe without your students ever knowing it or without you ever knowing it. But uh, it just where, where does the web service lie? The, the web it, service is, is in between the, the two. It's the whole process. It's the whole process, okay. It, it, it's th this, this content is being shown here. Yes. But it also can be shown on a yes. cell phone. No, I, I understand like that. that. So this that provides the web service, yeah. and this makes use of it. This okay. accesses so it. Got so it. it. So something is Got exposed okay. over a web service, and something else takes advantage or uses. There's, Got a, it. there's a client and a server, and yeah, the service okay. is the, 
is the description is the interaction between, between the two of them. Okay. So, but this is going to be packed with jargon. The whole thing is going to be packed with jargon, and we, we apologize for that, like right from the beginning. But we will hopefully show you some some ways in which this RSS, this XML, is going to be is, is taken and used. And Jonah's got a Google Reader here, and he's showing now the New York Times. And basically, this is a feed of the New York Times homepage. Now, why would you show it in Google Reader and not just go to the New York Times homepage? Well, maybe you get news from a whole bunch of different sources. What this can do is aggregate that, take all of that information and put it together in one location. The so, idea of the portal is an old idea. What's kind of new about these web services is all the different ways that you can look at the same information, all the different views of the exact same data. So we're showing to you right now in the Google Reader, there's a bunch of other RSS readers that exist in the world, and we're also going to show you how to get this in the portfolio. Right. So uh, back at uh, back at the PowerPoint ranch, um, this is sort of a brief history of, of web services. And the analogy that we can use here is that HTML is very much like a stone tablet uh, relative to the current web services. You basically take something like Dreamweaver and carve out your web page, and you put that onto a web server. Something like Courseworks or a content or course management system is a little bit more like a like pen and ink or a quill. You can write things out rather easily, strike things, you know, rewrite them. Uh, it gives you some more flexibility in the way that you can use content. It's also a little bit more portable than uh, than the than that than that stone tablet, a little lighter. Um, but the cornerstone of the university is written in stone, and some things still make sense with that. Uh, that kind of <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, if you took a if you took so. a web page and sort of pasted it, taped it up on the wall, it'd be gone or tattered really quick. So, so they do sort of still make sense. Uh, we've got th this idea of a wiki or a blog being sort of like a printing press. Uh, a wiki is a way to publish web, web pages quickly and easily and create links between pages. And a blog is uh, short for web log. Uh, it allows you to basically create a, a, a diary or a, a journal that's chronological very quickly and easily through a web form. And where these metaphors and visuals are starting to break down is that uh, wikis and blogs are starting to show up on everybody's desktop, so everyone's got a printer now. It's just not just at the really large print shop. That's know? right. Right. Everybody's so. got one of these in their uh, on their desktop. But the other part about that is that the wiki and the blog can feed information out. All right, and they can use really simple syndication to take this content and deliver it to other websites and, and to other areas of the web. All right, so uh, and really simple syndication, and there are other tools as well. We don't want to just focus on that. But. And we were talking a little bit also about uh, the idea of like you know room service versus breakfast in bed, and uh, you know for a long time like you know we, you know the RSS you know the readers let you kind of have information be delivered to your door, and the next step is actually not even have to get out of bed to get to it. So you're staying in Courseworks, and the information is showing up without you even getting up. So. Right. We don't want to encourage anybody to be lazy, but you know <laughs> it, sometimes it's nice to, to have it delivered right right to the right to the bedside. Um, so, what we're taking a look at here is basically an image that, that talks a little bit about the future. And the idea is to take something that currently exists and use things like tags to pull in ideas from other people or, or media from other sources, questions or comments that people may have, and have that feed into, a, into something like a course website. We also have um, you know, a, 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 a blackboard here and, and a little a note, notepad up here to sort of represent other. Uh, other technologies that you might use inside your course website too. Yeah, and there's too. ideas of you know personal annotations that you keep to yourself, you know, freeform comments that you might be sharing with others, and there's actually a really, really wide space that's opening up here, and and people are just beginning to experiment with a lot of the different possibilities. If it, if anyone caught the first talk that we gave, and we were talking about uh, the essence of engagements and and ways in which you know uh, people can architect and structure uh, certain environments to facilitate certain types of interactions, there's a lot of possibilities here. So.
That's right. Um, we're going to go to... Oh, oh yeah. Why don't we... Uh, we don't have a course workshop here. You know what? Um, hold on. Uh, do we... We don't go there quite yet. No. Uh, where are we? <laughs> are we uh, starting here? Yeah, we should... Uh, we'll, we'll continue here for a moment. Then we'll go take a look at a demo. Um, is that right? Yeah, let, let's just go through the slide. Okay. So, right. So, so basically, this RSS, the idea of syndication or subscription, is, is, uh, is one of the services that we mentioned here. There's also this idea of tagging, um, where you can go to an image or a website and put your own tag onto that image. So, for example, you could use a service like Flickr and see a, a, a picture of uh, a, a conference or, or a, a party or something and put your own tag on it and use the feeds that come out of that to repurpose the content inside that website. Is that, why don't you go ahead and... Yeah, sure. Uh, this was a pretty exciting year for the internet, and, and there's been a lot of buzz out there, and I don't know if people are starting to sense that bubble starting to <laughs> inflate again, but um, a, a lot of new ideas came out and a lot of new types of interaction you know, started to emerge. Um, one, of the, one really common theme that kind of uh, uh, connected a lot of them, um, the Web 2.0, if people have heard that term, um, is user-contributed content and the people. And a lot of these environments started to be described as social in many ways, and in many surprising ways. So uh, photo sharing might be something that people naturally think of as somewhat of a social activity. Tools began to emerge that allowed for people to commonly and easily share photos from common experiences, from conferences, from places they'd been to, from large, you know, worldwide events, you know, for example, uh, from celebrations to tragedies. Um, and uh, even activities such as bookmarking, um, which few people would have thought of as social, a social activity in the first place, um, you know, services began to emerge where when people were just taking book, uh, taking, uh, keeping track of bookmarks for themselves and describing them in their own language, they began to find that, uh, first of all, other people had described those same links in different ways. They began to find other links which people had, you know, described, you know, according to similar subjects. So if they were interested in a subject, they began to be able to find other links that were of interest. And then the third step, they began to find other people who they found interesting. They shared enough subject matter in common that they might, you know, strike up a conversation or begin to follow this person's uh, trajectory through knowledge, um, you know, through these tools. And so the notion or the very idea that something as simple as bookmarking could become a social activity once it's public was uh, was, was somewhat surprising to folks. And um, um, suddenly, um, you know, in 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 what had been very um, personal and private activities, maybe even selfish activities like keeping my bookmarks. Um, when, when viewed at as an aggregate and as a, as a whole, began to take on more of a significance than the sum of the parts. And the information that began to emerge, you know, when everybody started uh, contributing this information back to the system was unlike a lot of what, you know, we have been seeing inside of search engines and machine-driven machine tools. Um, so, so it basically, it, it becomes more of a dialogue. It goes from basically data collection to some sort of a dialogue, and then maybe even new knowledge is being created in that process. New connections are being made. New people are, are being introduced to each other. So we're gonna um, we're gonna take a look at uh, at, at a, cor a course website that we've souped up a little bit. Um, Hot Rod is a, is an automobile that's been tweaked and tuned to uh, help with ex acceleration and speed. And we're gonna take a look at uh, a course website that, that tries to do the same thing. No, we're back to it over here. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, sorry. Okay. We're coming back to the same idea. If people remember, we were just looking at this New York Times page inside of this Google Reader, and Dan's about to pull up a coursework site that uh, is going to show you the same information inside of Courseworks. Uh, soon after, we're actually going to 
preview some of the stuff we just alluded to in terms of the photo sharing and the link sharing within the same systems. Um, and it's a little tough to gauge whether or not some of these things are completely new to folks or if, um, if there's some familiarity here. I feel like the first session, the people that were most interested in this are people already know about it. But um, um, okay. Okay, so we've got a course website here that basically has no content in it. Okay, the only thing that's actually inside the website is this image here. Um, otherwise, all of the information on the website is being pulled in through RSS feeds. So this is the NPR news feed here. It was updated um, on Friday at uh, 5.30 this morning. Right? So I get it every couple of hours. And new information is coming in over that feed. You could also do this in a way where you, you hone down the information. So you do a search and then use that feed to just get uh, information on certain topics. But let me show you how this is represented inside the course web page. It says news from NPR, and it's basically just a script. It's just that little piece of, of content is driving all of that content on the page, because it's taking that RSS feed and processing it and then laying out inside the page. So it's not a very, not a very uh, heavy uh, process on, on the coursework side. It's just uh, writing something into the page. Right. Yes. Right. The question is, this could be used on any sort of web page. It doesn't need to be done inside CourseWorks. It can be done on any page. It's that little piece of code. Yes. And there's no authentication problem. I mean, I'm assuming you have to authenticate to get into CourseWorks. To get into to get into CourseWorks, but to pull the public feeds, no. But if you had a static website of your own, then you could you could insert this 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 piece of JavaScript and be pulling those feeds from the other places. I want right. to sort of stick to the, to, the, to the theoretical here, and we've got a, a whole bunch, this is not the most interesting one. So the, <laughs> other questions are going to come up, and I want to be sure that we're able to actually show the interesting ones and then, and then get the, the, the further questions that are going to come up, and I may answer some of them. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump ahead here for a moment, okay? Uh, I just had a question because you mentioned about the uh, that it updated at 5.30 this morning. Is yeah. there any way to make sure that it updates whenever the website itself updates? Sure. The, the website is updating more quickly, and you can force it to update. Uh -huh. uh, I was just showing this. That's, that's the last time this one did. Uh -huh. you, can, you can use the utilities that come with the, the software we're using to, to make the feeds uh, to, to update it more, more regularly. All right, so um, I'm going to sh show you a couple of, of uses of Flickr, which is an image uh, tagging and, and sort of image management system. And we've got... Uh, Everybody's tagged photos of, of Colombia, and you can see some lovely photos here of Colombia. But maybe more interestingly, and this is everybody in the world. So this is a variety of people from different places in the world who decided to share their pictures and designate them with the Columbia University tag. And there's a variety of ways in which, like modeling certain types of problems with certain tags, might allow for, for example, people within a class to be sharing and exchanging photos or links or right. sources. So if I wanted to see what roller. The other picture that Roller Boogie is, is posted on, on Flickr, I can just click on that name there and see that. But let me show you uh, the next one because see if this does it. Uh, we've, got, we've got currently, um, let me see if I can reload this and get some new ones. Yeah, where'd that go? Actually, if you cl click back to Flickr, it might not have made it to CourseWorks just yet, but uh, I'm pretty sure that. Uh, oh. Here we go. Well, this is, go this, the, is, this is basically the Flickr um, feed here. And this picture here in the corner is the one that you saw on, on the course website a second ago. 
and this goes to your question, if we update that feed, we should be able to see pictures from the conference sort of as they come in. That one. They so, might recognize this one. Can you update the feed, though, in the code itself? Can you update the feed in the Right, so that was actually from the beginning of this session. Uh, policies like that can certainly be configured uh, in, 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 a, in a variety of ways on a per application basis. So um, there's there's a couple of layers here. So CourseWorks hasn't quite caught up with it, but it will within an hour. So um, yeah, so we'll, we'll come back and try to do a refresh at the end and see if we can actually get those pictures. Th this is this is the thing. You're not actually hosting the content in your own website, so what's there can sort of surprise you sometimes if somebody's tagged something, uh, new media and education conference, uh, but it also is changing constantly. Uh, I, I want to show this one because this is a, a blog from a course uh, that I took over at TC last semester. And it's nothing terribly exciting, but basically what it does is it doesn't require the student to go out to another website to get content about the course. So our course used this blog to record thoughts and musings, but I'm able to take the content from that blog and bring it right into the, the course website and coursework, so the students only need to go to one location. It's this idea of pulling in information from a whole bunch of different places to show it uh, actively on, on one web page. If people want to learn a little bit more about the educational use of blogs, the very next session over at B1 is going to touch on that, but an important idea is the difference between blogging the software and blogging the activity. The idea of using a blog administratively as a mechanism for providing announcements as opposed to the personal journal of what you had for lunch is, is possible when you start thinking about bringing it in in this way. Um, what, and this is, another, this is another example of a blog that we're going to show in a moment, but this is uh, basically a system that allows you to record audio inside the browser. So I can use this tool here to record some audio of um, a presentation, for example, or maybe you want to use this in a language class to get... Uh, Dan, you're muted. I'm, I'm muted. Well, that, oh, that's okay. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm okay. recording. Uh, I'll turn oh. the, the sound on in a second. Um, but to record audio for a language class or to do a short recording um, for, for a response piece or even uh, via a telephone number you can call in and, uh, and leave a message. So if you're doing a, a contemporary culture uh, course or something and you want to have the students while they're out at a club you know, dial in and, and leave their thoughts on a, on a topic, you could have them do that as well. Basically, education leaves the classroom and uh, goes out to the web. This is where things get a little. You can you can see that we this is the third application that we've shown you we've showed you today that's not uh, hosted at Columbia. These are brand new technologies and they're they're bleeding edge in a lot of ways. So this isn't something we can necessarily host here, but we can repurpose things from other from other services inside the CourseWorks uh, site. And part of what Jim talked about this morning is the importance of the university communities beginning to uh, own a lot of these technologies or have a, have, a, have a part of them. But at the same time, you know, as these things are still in their uh, earlier experimental and uh, early adopter phases, we can actually begin to make use of them. Um, although there are trade-offs, like when we start going beyond the walls of the university to make use of these uh, external third-party tools. So I'm going to play the... Um I'm going to play this, this audio here to record some audio of um, a presentation, for example, or maybe you want to use this in a language class to get... Right, so uh, there's, there's that audio we recorded a second ago. Now this audio, we can use this in two ways. Since this is an audio blog, I can use this in my course website. So again, we need to sort of wait for the, the feed to update, but um, we would be able to hopefully see this, this content. Oops. 
inside the coursework site. But the other thing that I can do with it is that I can use I can use the RSS feed and XML feed to bring this into my iTunes. So if I if I click on this, I can download the feed into, as a podcast, update the podcast. This is just using another web service. This is showing it, for example, in, in another application. And then hopefully this is recording audio recorded. of um, a presentation, for example, or maybe you want to use this in a language I can drop that onto an iPod and then take it with me as I walk around, I'm, I'm around the city. Well, that, oh, that's okay. I'm, I'm recording. And then uh, one of the things we talked about earlier was that idea of, of link sharing, and we'll take a look at that. Uh, there are a couple of different ways that you could think about using this link sharing. One is, uh, is something that people have begun to call distributed research. So in this case, there is a, um, a, a faculty member over at Teachers College who decided that everyone in the department ought to start using the CCTE tag um, in that department to uh, relate things that have to do with educational technology and, and, and this feed has become very interesting. A variety of people have been like collecting and gathering information in this way and sharing it with each other. So you could easily imagine in a uh, in a uh, you know, class on uh, political science or, or anything other where current events often relate you know to, to the subject matter that things come up you know for the duration of the class and oh uh, computing communications technology that's the name of the department at Teachers College. At Teachers College. Teachers College that's right um, and um, uh, yeah, no, the idea that uh, people are, you know, potentially thinking about these things over over the, you know, the course of the week. And, and beyond that, I think that, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about, like, striking a certain balance um, between, uh, between pushing and pulling and the notion that, you know, in some cases, you know, a link might not be significant enough to put in, a, you know, to put out on a mailing list or to intrude upon somebody's inbox with. But the innocuous task of sort of just, like, tagging it is a little more indirect and a little more passive. And, you know, anyone who wants to see it can look at it, but you're not you know, pushing it out. So trying to capture that sweet spot where people might be gathering information, but might not, you know, have taken the step of posting it somewhere. So Dan is actually now tagging uh, a page that he found um, with well, I, this. I, uh, I found this from the CCT, so I'm not going to tag it back. Okay. Uh, I don't want to. Uh, you can tag it with CCMTL if you think it's interesting for us too, but <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, what we're looking at right now is a particular service called Delicious, which is a very popular service where a lot of people are tagging. And some of the aggregate effects that we were talking about in terms of having lots of people do, do lots of small things and having it show up all together, show up in Delicious because of its popularity. There's other educational applications that we've considered within the space of a particular classroom that would make a lot of sense you know, to restrict to, to just a smaller group. And, um, and so there's a lot of different ways to think about, you know, ways to use this information. One of the things that comes out of a larger usage is that, you know, now that things are, are have been tagged with CCTE, you also see what other people have tagged them with. So you um, naturally imply or, or discover these other related terms that other people think are connected to those things, sometimes in surprising ways. So we, we've got uh, a couple more more points to make. Um, this, just showing a couple of things in the background where we're using different RSS feeds to make PDFs, for example. There's a whole bunch of things you can do to repurpose that information and use it in different ways. And this sort of goes back to the to the idea, and this is the, the graphic again here, showing that 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 RSS from from any of these web pages can be made into a PDF or taken onto an iPod or whatever. Um, <laughs> there's right. the demo. All right. Right. So the, there's this sort of balance between the idea of push and pull. Do you want your students to basically stay in bed and have uh, you know, breakfast in bed, or do you want to have it delivered via room service, or do you want to have them go out and get the information? Um, each of these different techniques uh, has its, obviously has its, its merits. Um, teaching students research is not a bad thing to do. Uh, so, uh, so this idea here of striking a balance between push and pull is important. 
there's, a, there's another thought here, which is uh, to emphasize that old technologies aren't going away. These tools aren't about to replace email. There will always be a place for email. There will always be a place for time-sensitive, urgent information to be pushed out to people and different kinds of information to be made accessible in ways that people can actually access when they want to, you know, at their leisure. And, you know, the balance between synchronous and asynchronous are all things that, you know, are, are still as much an art as a science. Um, one thing that we missed, actually, in, in, in the earlier slide was, like, you know, it started with, like, these very, you know, static forms of information, you know, being broadcast and distributed from large services like the New York Times. But I think some of the examples began to demonstrate ways in which you're starting to engage more interactively with, like, the individuals and have them be able to contribute back. So it's going to lead right into this. Um, so what we wanted to come back with in, in, in the, the to main topic of the last talk as well is about making choices and about choosing the, the right thing to sort of meet the classroom dynamics that you want to set up in your teaching. So how are these students going to get information and then when they get it, how are they going to interact with it? And how structured do you want that participation to be? Do you want to have a, sort of a lecture style where you, know, you as the instructor deliver information to the students or more of a seminar style where that, um, that engagement happens more, more fluidly and, and you, know, uh, you don't raise your hand to ask a question, you just sort of interject and have this conversation. So the way you structure these things, the way that you deliver or ask students to get information can definitely affect the way that, that the tools, are, uh, the way that the students learn. Yeah, and some of these techniques, you know, would work really well in a 10 to 15 person class and not at all in a 500 person, you know, lecture size unless it was broken up by section. And, you know, a lot of different faculty members have different styles for running seminars and that should be reflected in the choices, you know, people make when they set up these environments. Anybody have a lunch? <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes, uh, almost 20 up. All right, Great. so we've got about five minutes for some, some questions or comments or concerns. Uh, and uh, Is this the last one? I think we have one more about how... Uh, Yes. Oh, this is, yes. the, yeah, this is the disclaimer. We don't know what we're doing with these new technologies. <laughs> what, we want to, what we want to do is, is, with faculty members and other folks who, who are interested in this, explore the possibilities. And, and that's what this is about, is sort of is taking these new technologies, repurposing them in our old, old technologies, uh, but, but basically finding the way that best fits your needs. So uh, do collaborate with us to, to help come up with the best solutions. Thank you.